If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we interview the great Jim Quick. Now, he's got an interesting story. After a childhood brain injury left him with learning challenges, he created innovative strategies to dramatically enhance his mental performance. So for over 25 years, Jim Quick has worked closely with top actors, athletes, CEOs, and super achievers in all walks of life to unlock their true capabilities. This guy specializes in memory improvement, brain optimization, and accelerated learning. Now, he just wrote a book called Limitless. In this groundbreaking book, he reveals the science-based practices and field-tested techniques that the world's top performers use to accelerate their learning and create world-class results. Jim speaks on the power of the brain to audiences totaling 200,000 plus across the world per year. His online videos have garnered millions of views each, and he's frequently featured in Forbes, Fast Company, and CNBC, and he shares brain optimization insight. You're going to love this episode. This guy drops tons of knowledge, applicable knowledge, to help you think faster and better. Now, you can find him online at jimquick.com. So that's J-I-M-K-W-I-K.com. You can look up his book, limitlessbook.com. It's really cool. And then you can find him on Instagram at jimquick. Remember, quick spelled with a K, K-W-I-K. Now, before we start the episode, I want to let everybody know that this episode is sponsored by one of our favorite companies, Everlywell. Now, Everlywell does at-home diagnostic testing. So you could do hormone tests at home. You don't need to go to a doctor. You don't need to go to a laboratory. It gets mailed to your house. You can measure your testosterone levels, progesterone, estrogen levels. You can do all your sex hormones as a man or as a woman. You can measure your vitamin levels like vitamin D or your B levels. You could do an allergy test to figure out what the heck is causing your eyes to itch um, and causing you to cough. Um, they even have a heavy metals test. You know, oftentimes people have high levels of heavy metals in their body causing chronic fatigue and kind of vague malaise type symptoms. And they have no idea that they actually have high levels of heavy metals in their blood. And they have many, many other tests. The tests are inexpensive. They require no doctor prescription. They're they're secure. You take the test, you mail it in, and you get the results online with a secure uh, login. Really, really great company. And because Mind Pump works with them, we can give you 25% off any of their tests. Just go to everlywell.com. That's E-V-E-R-L-Y-W-E-L-L.com. Use the code MINDPUMP without a space to get 25% off. Also, all of our apparel, most of our apparel is on massive sale right now at mindpumpmedia.com. Check that out. It's the Memorial Day apparel sale. Also, uh, by the way, that starts tomorrow and it ends Friday, May 29th. So get on there right now. And also, MAPS Starter, our wonderful introduction to resistance training program, is 50% off. All you need are dumbbells and a physio ball for this program. Just go to mapsstarter.com. That's M A P S S T A R T E R. And then use the code STARTER50. That's S T A R T E R 50, no space. And that'll give you 50% off that program. I'd love to start you off with, uh, since you are, you're the brain guy, I, I want to ask you how, how do you think right now, uh, this 
shelter in place is and social distancing is actually affecting our brains. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, historically this never happened, you know, where the whole planet is experiencing the same level, you know, the same stressor, if you will, um, especially at the, at the, at the size and scope. Um, so it's kind of unprecedented. I would imagine a lot of people who are tuning in, they feel like with all this physical distancing that they are alone. And uh, the metaphor I'm using right now is that of a butterfly where it's the ultimate transformation, right? When, when the caterpillar feels like it's the end of the world, it becomes that butterfly. But while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in the cocoon and we feel like we're cocooning. And one of the challenges to our mind is like, we're alone with our thoughts. I mean, we're alone with our doubts. We're alone with our fears. And we might be feeling alone and loneliness is an epidemic. You know, the, the challenges that has on our nervous system, um, you know, it's on the rise. I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing a lot of symptoms of mental health issues, um, you know, in this, because chronic, we know chronic stress shrinks your brain. We know chronic fear actually suppresses your immune system. Uh, so it makes you more susceptible to viruses, to flus, to colds. Um, it's a whole area of science called psychoneuroimmunology, psychoneuroimmunology. And so, you know, the media certainly doesn't help with everything that bleeds of leads and people choosing uh, to, to focus on that, you know, it just, it just makes it more, even more difficult because there's an algorithm to that. And we, you start looking for everything that's dark and scary and threatening. And if you're in fight and flight and freeze all the time, you're not going to be able to create, you know, you know, this, um, this the life that you desire, the life that you deserve, you know, under these, those circumstances. So I think more than ever, do we need to prioritize not just physical hygiene, but also mental hygiene, like physical hygiene. We should be spending, you know, six months, six, six feet apart, um, you know, washing our hands, sanitize everything. But I don't, I think people really need to be uh, very vigilant about standing guard to their mind and, and monitoring their physical, their, their, their mental hygiene as well as their you know, physical. What are some good practices for that? I've never heard that before that term uh, mental hygiene. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I would, I would say that in the book limitless, it has, um, I have this quote from a French philosopher that says life is the C between B and D life is C between B and D and B stands for birth and D stands for death. Uh, C life stands for uh, choice. And there are simple choices that we can make that our life is the sum total of all the choices that we've all made up to this point. And uh, where are we going to live? What are we going to do? <clears throat> are we going to, you know, cocoon? Are we not? Or what are we going to eat? What are we going to feed our minds? You know, just, who we can spend time with. Um, so there are five choices that I would focus on while we're cocooning so we could come out stronger and smarter and better. And I'm not saying, I'm not discounting anything anyone is feeling. I'm saying that, again, you know, this is a different kind of human experience. And so we're going to feel like a whole spectrum of emotions. The five choices we can make while we're cocooning um, for better mental hygiene and mental health, I would say, <laughs> number one, clarity using this time to reconnect with what's most important to us in life. And people might hear a siren because I'm actually cocooning in New York city, uh, which is, which is interesting, you know, for in terms of your in terms of what's going on with mental hygiene. Yeah. Um, number one is clarity and asking yourself this simple question. What's most important to me in life? Because sometimes, you know, before this where we were going a million miles an hour, now we're taking a global pause. We have to, we have finally, we have time to check in with ourselves. And maybe when you're racing your car every single day, you don't check in with yourself to say, am I 
going in the right direction. You know, this idea where we're climbing the ladder of success, we're being extremely efficient about it, and then we get to the top of the ladder, and what if we're leaning on the wrong wall, right? Mm-hmm. And so solitude is a great time for self-reflection, and to get self-reflection, I would get into your core values, and the clarifying question is, what's most important to me in life? What's most important to me in a career? What's most important to me in a job? What's most important to me in my impact what's most important to me in my family my relationships and my health and reconnecting with our values and then asking yourself a second clarifying question um because connecting with your values will give you strength um that clarity gives you power um second question is are my actions aligned with those values because if people are self-sabotaging if they're taking one step forward and leaps back usually it's because the things we're doing aren't, aren't aligned with those things that are most important to us and then that's why we, it's, we're in this kind of fight, tug, pull constantly. And it's hard to be in alignment with ourselves internally. And, uh, and sometimes that we don't question what our values are. And sometimes they've changed over time. But this is a great time to connect with ourselves. Um, so that's clarity. Second choice that you can make that while you're cocooning, good for your performance and your just peace of mind, is care. You know, we know self-care is not selfish. And when it comes to mental hygiene, I mean, we, you and I, we, we've all talked in the previous episode on best brain foods and optimizing your sleep. And what I would say for mental hygiene, choices of what you're going to input into your brain, who you're going to spend time with, who you're going to listen to. That My challenge with people who are overindulging in media, because if it bleeds, it leads. We know media is, is, is a business like any other business. And the product is viewers and listeners. And so I would say that you don't tune in if at 7 o'clock to find out how many people fell in love and how many people had children and gave birth to all this great news. But you tune in if you're going to die. You know, the seven ways you're going to die today, tune in at 11, you're going to tune in. And the challenge is just as your, your as Instagram has an algorithm, if you happen to, you know, engage with every workout post, uh, like, share, watch all those workout videos, Instagram is going to show you a lot more workout video uh, posts. Uh, same thing with your mind. Your mind has an algorithm. And if you just feed it what's dark and scary and threatening, it just starts feeding you everything that's dark, threatening, and scary, uh, much <laughs> like the uh, background noise of what's going on here in the city. And then you just start seeing that all through your mental news feed. And the challenge is, is you have a limited bandwidth and you're not going to be, that means you can, you're not putting energy and focus into possibility. You're not putting uh, focus into opportunity. You're not putting focus into what you'd be grateful for um, and those kind of things. So that's what I mean more about mental hygiene, choosing what's going inside your mind on a regular basis. I mean, really vigilant on standing guard to your mind. And I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying just be positive uh, and um, you could know, I think it's important to know what's going on so you can make good decisions. I'm just saying the overindulgence will put you in fight or flight or freeze and you're not going to have quality life that way. So you have clarity of care, third C, contribution. I think the antidote to chronic fear or feeling scared is service. And so the question to get your contribution is how can you invest some of your time, your talent, your treasure to making a difference? You know, you know, you guys know my story, right? Like it's just, I grew up with learning challenges. I had, you know, I was at deathly afraid of public speaking phobia or a lot of people say they're scared of phobic like of public speaking they're not really like compared to me my heart I, I would pass out my heart was beating on my chest i would hyperventilate i wouldn't know what to do and so i would always i would do a book report but if the teacher asked me to present it i would say i would lie and i'd say i didn't do it so i even get to talk about butterflies butterflies before i go on stage still but the moment i just focus on the audience 
you know, serving them, then this fear disappears. And so I would say, how can you contribute right now to the world? Like right now with uh, our proceeds for the, um, my first book, Limitless, we're donating 100% to build schools for children who don't have access to education. Um, so we're do, yeah, also providing healthcare, clean water, because that keeps uh, kids out of school in these in these, in these challenging areas. Um, also, we're donating uh, monies towards Alzheimer's research, and um, because in memory of my grandmother who passed of Alzheimer's. But you know, on social media, we're doing like student programs that are for free. We're doing recession-proof your brain for people who have lost their jobs on Instagram and Facebook. But how can you contribute in a unique way to get out of that fear? Um, because I think the you know like calling up a neighbor can be as simple as you know checking on somebody's older and more vulnerable, be preparing for some food for people who are on the front lines, um, but service. And so I think that's an antidote to to fear and get your mental hygiene straight. So clarity, care, contribution. Finally, two more C's: um, creativity. I feel like a lot of people they're not burnt out because they're doing too much. A lot of people are burnt out because they're doing too little. It makes what well, makes them feel alive. And I think part of being alive is creating. And so um, it was during the great play that William Shakespeare wrote some of his greatest works, Macbeth, Anthony, and Cleopatra. Uh, it was during when they shut down London during the plague that Isaac Newton had to physically distance himself. And uh, sound familiar? He was sitting underneath a tree at his yard and then apple fell on his head and came up with the theories of motion, the theories of gravity. And I'm not saying we could create those kind of things, but you know, you could create that blog, you create that music, you create that business, you could create, you know, um, you know, you could write a little bit each day, you could do something creative. And by the way, even before what's going on in the world, jobs were going to AI, artificial intelligence, they were going to machines, they're going to automation. And what's not going to be outsourced is your creativity. When I talk about limitless, I believe the limitless resource on planet Earth is human potential. Like, it's not the sky's the limit. It's more our minds are the limit. There's no limit to your creativity. There's no limit to your imagination. There's no limit to, you know, humans be able to come together or human determination um, and, and follow through. And so, you know, that would double down on creativity because I believe the future belongs to the creatives. And this could be a personal renaissance for each of us. And then finally, the last C, after clarity, care, contribution, uh, creativity, capability. And if you want to be able to take control of, of your mind, um, one of the things you can do is just you have your to-do list, you have a to-learn list. What's, what, are the, what are the things on your to-learn list you've always said, oh, when I have some time, I'll do that. When I have some focus, I'll do that. Is it Spanish, salsa, speed reading? You know, We have unfeathered access to the world's information, YouTube, podcasts, and I think if someone's going to level up in any capability, it's learning how to learn. And that, that's why I wrote this book, because I think if there's one skill where jobs are being disrupted and economies are changing, you have to learn a new uh, career or subject or skill set, um, learn how to learn. Because if you can learn how to learn, which means how to focus, how to read faster, how to improve your memory, how to make good decisions, how to study technical material, and you can apply that towards money, management, marketing, martial arts, music, man, Mandarin, anything. Everything gets easier. Jim, we have uh, a lot of people, a lot of listeners right now that have, have been shaken up with the shelter in place and are now uh, parents that are teachers for the first time in their life. They've never uh, never had to school their kids from home, and, and a lot of them are, are struggling. What are, what are some tools from Limitless that you can provide for these parents that are struggling with this? That's, that's a great question. So the whole book, you could apply towards children. Um, you know, and, I, and we could talk about the limitless model, which is really the whole framework of not only accelerated learning, but for 
for unlocking human potential, both in yourself, your family, your team, uh, your community and such. Um, right now, it, it's, it's for, for, for parents who've never really sat down and been teachers, that, that is quite an experience, <laughs> quite a hat to be able to, to have and a responsibility. And then how are you going to do that and also manage your business and, you know, and, and work? And so none of this is easy. Um, it is, it, it, it is, some of the things are very simple, but they're also, it's that simple, but it's also that difficult also as well. I would say one of the important things I'll add, in, I'll add another C to the, the, the list because all five of those could be applied towards children is, is, um, consistency. I think it's extremely important as a, as a parent, um, or somebody working or you're managing your team at home is to have structure because those constraints will give you well, actually, it's ironic because those limits will actually get, make you more limitless. When you have constraints on your time or your money or your, some kind of resources, if it forces concentration, it forces creativity, it forces commitment. And so I think routines are very important, educational routines. Uh, we talked about in the previous episode that first you create your habits and then your habits create you. Now, this is crazy, this background noise, because it's never like that. I don't know if you guys are picking this up, um, but this is actually, if you if this is makes the edits right now, because this is real, this is raw, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is extremely relevant right now. It, this is a test on your create, uh, on your focus and concentration. And we could talk about, we do a whole chapter on focus and focus development so that focus is a muscle. And most people are actually building their distraction muscles nowadays um, with every ring, ping, ding, uh, social media alert, uh, you know, app notification, stuff like that. Um, so I would encourage everybody when distractions come, either in this conversation or elsewhere, is to really hone your focus. Um, going back to working with kids, you know, certainly your focus is being tested. And I, I think having structure, that um, having routines for them and for yourself is very important. Um, having set times um, is incredibly important in terms of not only asking yourself the question as you're listening to this, how can I apply this? You know, why must I apply this? But also, when will I apply this? Having actual, like, um, you know, teaching times. Um, and then also teaching them the things that are in the book that we've discussed before, how to read faster, how to improve their memory, uh, how to study. You know, you go to kids and you expect them to be able to focus because you go to kids and you're like, focus. Or you go to kids and say, study. And it's like going to a child and say, play the piano, who, who's never had a class in playing the piano. They've never had a class on how to focus. They've never had a class on how to remember things. They've never had a class on how to study. So I think an important thing that would give your children an advantage is teaching them how to learn as opposed to what to learn. Hmm. And this is an opportune time to, to do that um, right now and is, is going through and teaching them how to read faster. I'm teaching them how to focus, teach them how to study better, teach them the best brain foods, teach them how to, you know, and especially, uh, you know, routines that we've talked about and you've had experts on your show before. You know, whether it's Max Lugberry talking about genius foods or people who are experts on sleep, you know, really ma managing their sleep, um, all that. Everyone wants to know the pill. I mean, the book is called Limitless. Some people think of the movie. You guys saw the movie, right? With Bradley Cooper. Great you know, movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pill, you take the pill, he goes from zero to hero and he can have focus. He has this scrabble memory, learns these languages, he follows through. But it's a surge, right? It's a surge of motivation. But after the pill wears off 24 hours later, he, he loses that, that motivation. So in the book, I have a three-step formula also for motivation, for sustainable motivation, um, which is not like hyping yourself up, but also you could apply it towards yourself and your team, but especially your children, how to motivate them to study, how to motivate them to clean their room, how to motivate them to, uh, to always be learning. 
Now, what these it, are just concepts, right? This is an actual curriculum that you provided them. This is a curriculum. Yeah. This oh, is, nice. um, this, this is the closest thing that I've ever created for a textbook. You know, I, I waited 28 years to publish this work and this book primarily, it's interesting. I haven't talked about this, but when I was writing it, this book was hundred percent methodology. Mm-hmm. It was based on the five superpowers. I think every age and stage of life should have, and it's all around meta learning. And I was actually going to title it meta learning. Meta learning means learning how to learn. But then I realized that the t- having learning in the, in the main title is just not something people, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not, not, attract- work, right? not attractive, yeah. <laughs> not, not at all. So I was like, limitless. Yes, that, that's it. We went into something and Dr. Mark Hyman wrote the, uh, the, uh, forward of the book. And he's like, you know, in the forward, he says, there is no genius pill, but there is a process for genius. And Jim shows you, you know, that process for your best brain, your brightest future. But it, the, the, the book is full of processes, methods on the five superpowers. The first one is focus, because how are you going to concentrate in a world full of all these crazy distractions? The second chapter is on studying. How do you study technical material and, uh, and really understand it? Third one's on memory, which is the largest chapter. I actually wrote that in Greece. And holy smokes. Are you <laughs> They're out to get you. Um, it's never been like this. It's so crazy. Um, memory, uh, I actually wrote in Greece because I found out the goddess of memory, her children, the nine muses of literature, science, and arts, you know, which is interesting. The mother of science, literature, and art is memory. Um, and I found out the, you know, these ancient memory um, techniques that I and it was really inspired. So I wrote it there. And then the final two chapters and methods was speed reading and critical thinking skills. Um, and the critical thinking skills, we've talked about digital supervillains before, digital distraction, digital deluge, overload, digital dementia. Um, but I coined another term called digital deduction, where it's interesting that children, talk going back to children, when they're tested, they have lower analytical abilities than previous generations, and they're attributed that to technology because they're growing up on technology that's telling them just what to think. Mm-hmm. So they never have to develop like their critical thinking skills, their ability to rational, rationalize or analyze divergent thinking um, because everything's being spoon-fed for us mm-hmm. in terms of what to think. We're not taught how to think. Um, but, uh, but, but going, going back to uh, methodology, when I was ready, the book was done. It was a great textbook manual curriculum on how to learn anything faster. And before I hit send, I asked myself to my publisher, the question is like, is our hundred percent of the people going to get the results of this program that they're hoping for? And my honest answer was no, because a lot of people know methods, but they don't do it because knowledge alone is not power. All the podcasts, programs, coaching, none of it works unless we work. And so I realized that it was missing two elements, and I developed this limitless model as a framework for for really accelerated learning and unlocking human potential. Because somebody can have the method for remembering names, you know, stuff we've talked about in the previous Mm -hmm. episode, but their mindset is, I'm stupid, or I'm too old, or I'm not smart enough, they're still going to be stuck in that box. And so... We're trying to develop this framework for everybody to be able to have a lens for themselves, for their children, for their teams to see how we could redraw the borders and boundaries of what we believe is possible in our life. Now, do you have any examples of high profile people or anything you've used these concepts with and they've really ran with it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't, I mean, we, we've we given a couple examples um, in the book, you know, with Jim Carrey and Will Smith and some individuals that I've been just very public about some of them. It's, it's like with anybody coming to a coach, you know, they have their, their stuff and 
intro, it's, it's a little bit um, more personal and such. I mean, but really in the book, it's, you guys know the hero's journey, right? Um, from like Joseph Campbell, he's really mm-hmm. popularized the hero's journey, the, 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 the thematic, the themes that are consistent between like Star Wars and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I take people through those, those stages. So I really make them the star of it. So when we're talking about famous individuals, I, I want, I make them the, and I know people, some people are watching on video, but these are the, the four stages of the hero's journey that, uh, you know, if you take the matrix, it's, it's the program where they take people from the ordinary, they take them in the extraordinary. And I take people through these four phases where I make them Neo, um, you know, or they're, they are Luke Skywalker and I'm like Yoda. You know what I mean? Or Mr. Miyagi or whoever the mentor is along the journey as they fight these dragons and they need to level up skills. And then it's interesting because the last phase is them going back into the matrix or back into from the extraordinary back into the ordinary. And even when you think about matrix, when he, when um, Keanu Reeves goes back into the matrix at the end and he makes that phone call to the the matrix and says, um, let me the facts like, I'm going to show everybody what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them, uh, a world without limits. I'm going to show them a world where anything is possible. And they bring that elixir, that treasure back into the ordinary. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to what I talk about. You learn so you could earn, so you could return, you know, you learn so you could benefit from it, but then you also learn. So how you could be- how you teach it to other people and, and share that, 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 that strength. Jim, I want to, I want to take you back to the parents. Um, you, gla- you glazed over something earlier about service. And I, I really like this because I've talked to a lot of people that are, that are uh, struggling w- with work right now. And they're doing things out of desperation to try and generate revenue. And you kind of alluded to the importance of getting back to how can I serve, right? And, and I really think that will serve you in business. But what about those that are facing unemployment and may not have a job right now? What are some tips that you, you can give to these people? Yeah. Uh, first of all, for, for people who are struggling right now, I mean, again, I would start with un- like kindness, first of all. Studies done in self-compassion where we're beating ourselves up and feel hopeless, that, that does no one any good. And so when I say life is a C between B and D, Again, be his birth, be his death, see his choice. Like making the choice of what to focus on right now is so important. Um, so I'll just state that is just that kindness. Instead of beating yourself up and saying, and you know, and going into that spiral of of hopelessness, um, that that doesn't benefit anybody and doesn't change our circumstance. Um, that being said, I, I know it, people are struggling, and it's, it's it is extremely difficult times. And I know that through you know, everybody has survived, you know, like I want everyone to think about that time when we didn't think we would survive and yet we did. And so just remember, you know, how far you've come and that you are stronger than anything you're facing. That's easy to hear. Um, and I'm, I'll be the first to say that. And I hope everyone listening to this, I, I send you, you know, strength and safety and, you know, security and abundance, whatever it is you need right now. What I would say is small, simple steps is that, Thinking is good, but overthinking it and, and trying to get it like trying to get from like where you are right now to absolutely perfect is, is very difficult. The key really is to break things down in the smallest, simplest steps so you're not overloaded and overwhelmed. Right now, if you lost your job, um, you don't know, you know, you're home with your or, or you have your job and you and you somebody has to watch the kids, you're being stretched, your your resources are being like 
you know, how in gym, like how are you going to be limitless in a, in a limited world? And one of the ways we do it is we do it together, right? Like right now, and, and this is another thing with labels is like, we aren't, the words we use affect our brain and affect our performance. And right now we aren't socially distancing, even though that's the phrase we commonly use, we're being social, uh, you know, all of us right now, um, we're physically distancing ourselves, but we're not socially distancing ourselves. I get concerned when these individuals, um, you know, people are mentally distancing themselves or they're emotionally distancing themselves. I think more than ever, it's important to have community. And that's why, and also it's very important to feed your mind positive things to drown out, you know, all the negativity and everything that's threatening. So listening to this podcast would be a, a small, simple step for people because as viruses are contagious and as uh, fear is contagious, so is positivity, so is performance, right? And so I would feed your mind good things and then I would literally break things down into the smallest simplest steps right now and one of the things that you could questions that you could put towards it to get you out of paralysis or fear you know fight flight freezing which is not going to help anybody is saying what is the tiniest action i could take right now to give me progress towards this goal so tiny i can't fail you know what i mean these small i call them s3s small simple steps you know, well, because little by little, a little becomes a lot. And so if your goal is right now, you lost your job, you know, I'd be thinking about, you know, it's, it's hard to talk to somebody about, you know, when we're talking about the Maslow's hierarchy, self-actualization, when people don't have survival, mm-hmm. right? So let's, let's make sure we're taken care of and that our, you know, that we can do whatever we can to get the bills paid and, the, and food on the table and roof over our head. And I would, I would say like, okay, like get clarity because it could be very threatening. And when you're in fight or flight, you go, you're not thinking really well, you're not making your best decisions. And so take care of yourself, all the stuff we, the five C's we talk about care, you know, um, contribute all this stuff. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It could be like 10 minutes on care, you know, 10 minutes for going for a walk and meditating or doing an ice bath or doing something for to help reset yourself, man, managing your state throughout this entire thing, knowing we always can decide and have a choice about how we think about things, what things are meaning right now and what are we going to do, you know, in terms of when I'm talking about this limitless model. And so manage your state most importantly, because, everyone's watching, people are watching you, right? Your kids are watching you and ask yourself, who's counting on me to be at my best today? Who's counting on me to, to show up with my A game today? Reconnecting with your purpose and then making sure you're cared for so you have plenty of energy to follow through and then breaking it down into small, simple steps, you know? And so like, let's tackle the problem. You know, you have this bill or you have, you want to start this business. What is a tiny domino? One thing that you could do to be able to create you know, uh, momentum or change, right? And then, then you, if you break it down into small things, even like if you're breaking down things that are good for your care, we know exercising is good for everybody, but some people have never exercised before. Maybe that's too big. So maybe their small, simple step is not exercising an hour a day or sales calls an hour a day, fill in the blank, reading, studying an hour a day. Maybe it's putting on your running shoes. That's a small, simple step. Maybe it's opening up your book on marketing. That's a small, simple step, right? And so I would say manage your state, because that's our learning is state dependent, so is life, and then breaking down the small, simple steps uh, to get you there, um, so it's not overwhelming and and where you're not frozen. Now, oftentimes situations like this uh, leave people thinking uh, that they may need to learn new skills. Maybe the job market's going to look different um, when things reopen or things get more, you know, kind of back to normal. We see this in the fitness space. A lot of brick and mortar gyms uh, are having to change the way that they operate. 
Um, so people may be thinking that they need to learn new skills so that they can, you know, become relevant in the workforce as things start to change and morph. What are some ways people can learn new skills quickly? Because I feel like there might be a time crunch for some people. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. And so I would, I believe that the goal is capability, going back to that fifth C, um, that it's not about shrinking our dreams or our goals to meet this current situation. It's about upgrading our skills and capabilities and our determination, our, you know, our faith, our patience to be able to meet those goals. Um, and so this is an opportune time to do that. And again, going back to uh, opportunity, first of all, we have to shift our fear, uh, shift our focus from fear to, to opportunity, right? Because that mindset shift changes a lot. And then I would go into thinking about what is the highest, what are the skills that I need to be able to achieve that goal or to be relevant today? I mentioned one of the master skills is learning how to learn. So how could you learn how to learn a new skill? And so one of the keys is you work backwards and then you break things down into chunks. Because what I do is I'll take a, you take a skill, you can take a skill called dance, you can take a skill called coding, even video game, you know, trainer, like what we're doing, it's interesting, people are in our community, you know, we have, we have students in every country in the world online for the past 10 years. So it's interesting how people are, are, are using these methodologies to train, even things like chunking, breaking things down in space review uh, to help you to consolidate short to long term memory. So focusing on even gamers, they're like, they've broken it down nowadays where before it was just, it was like golf, you just do your, you, you would do, you know, this is people break it down, you know, now they're breaking down into like these micro movements, these micro trainings or these hand-eye coordination drills that you're doing with joystick and reaction time and optimizing their sleep. I would say two of the things that are really important for skill development um, are space repetition that we know that it's not, uh, that you could go fully immersed and do deep practice. And in terms of your learning curve, there's a forgetting curve and that within 48 hours, you could lose up to 80% of something that you learn. And so the space review will help you to be able to retain it. And so reviewing something an hour or a day, you know, a few, three days, a week, you know, a month afterwards, help you to ingrain that skill. Uh, we also know that, that also um, optimizing, obviously, your brain health is, is key that sleep is a wonderful time to be able to reflect. Um, we're, I'm actually experimenting with some uh, some friends where we're doing this lucid dreaming experiment where, um, you know, when you will spend 20 years of your life sleeping, probably three to five years fully dreaming, in that creative state of three to five years, um, you know, it's, it's when Paul McCarty created yesterday and, you know, Elias Howe created a sewing machine, Mary Shelley created Frankenstein, I was when asked a lot of athletes actually like Jack Nicholas was in a slump and he was shooting high seventies and he just couldn't get out of it. And he had, to, he was obsessed about it during the day and his brain worked on it at night. It is vivid dream about changing his grip. And the next day he shot like 65. And so like, you know, like some, one thing people do for skill development might be interesting is to practice that skill and then, and then introduce like a question right before you go to sleep. Like, have you guys like had to get up the next morning, like one time, like especially early, and you set an alarm and you're kind of like thinking about it, like, why don't I have to get up at 4 30 to catch this flight or or whatever? And you wake up like within a minute or two minutes of like when that alarm goes off. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's amazing. That's the power of your human mind. I mean, think about the complexity. You gave it an intention and you're able to like wake up within minutes or seconds of that time. Like, why not before you go to sleep, introduce the creative question or a skill mm -hmm. development question? 
And so that way, when you're actually dreaming, you could actually come up with uh, solutions for that. Now, how do you how do you do that, Jim? Do you just say it to yourself? That, you know, okay, um, I need to figure out how to you know get better with my nutrition, or I need to like how do you, how do you just you literally now do you just repeat it to yourself as you're sleeping? Do you write it down? What would be a, a technique to do this? How how would you do this exactly? So for me, uh, you know, what we talked about in the previous episode of my morning routine, uh, right, we've heard if you want the one in the day, you have to win that first hour of the day. I was spending, you know, good focus on the last hour, focus on sleep. And then also the last part of that is creativity. So what I'll do is the night before, you know, after I did my slight sleep hygiene and everything else, and I go into like my, my meditation, I do this kind of like mindfulness thing. And then I go into meditation, I just go right to bed. Um, I'll introduce a question that I want, you know, and, and this is kind of like an affirmation, but our words have a lot of power to it. Our brains are like these supercomputers and our self-talk are the programs that it's going to run. And especially when you're in that altered state of consciousness in terms of dream state, you know, it has, it takes off a lot of the limits of our imagination. And so I actually say something verbally. Now I happen to keep a dream journal right by my bedside. Um, and I use it, I, it dubs also as a gratitude journal. So before, as part of my sleep routine, I'll rehearse a little bit I was grateful for that day. It also is a great practice for episodic memory uh, to review like like your day throughout. Like I'll take five or five minutes before I go to bed and just mentally rehearse, you know, what I what I how I woke up, you know, that interview that I had, you know, a little bit of my writing, what I ate that day, just to build my sensitivity of that the the episodes of what I what how I went mm. through my day because I feel like if your life is worth living it's worth remembering sometimes these days I don't know how you guys feel but these days are like blending together mm. a little bit they're you all know, melting together they are right and like like what's like the weekend and what's like every day is like the same for a lot of people so I, I'm making more of a conscious effort than I've done before like making it distinctive because the reason why people feel a time distortion like maybe it's going too fast is because there's nothing distinctive that's happening in their life. Like if you went to a restaurant or you went to a play or if you went to go see a movie, there's not these little milestones that make it distinctive. So it's all blending together, right? So what I do before I go to bed is I'll go through a gratitude thing, but I'll, before that, I'll go through a memory recall exercise. And this is actually like like you guys are with physical fitness. This is my way of mentally fit, um, making me more mentally fit when it comes to my memory as trained as it is. I'll go through and I'll just kind of go through some of this, how I spent, you know, you know, these hours of the day just kind of rapid review. It doesn't have to be in deep detail. Um, and then I'll go through it and just saying, what, what was I grateful for? Like, what are three wins that day? As, as little or as small, because that puts me into that gratitude mode, which is where a lot of people are on their phones and they're looking at how many people died today or like they're looking at all these crazy stats. That, like that puts such a, a cognitive load, an emotional load on you before you go to bed. And then you're expecting to, you know, be able to perform the next day. And mm-hmm. um, so I feel like what I do is I, I go through my memory, I pull out some gratitude, uh, I'll write some of those things down, and then I'll, I'll introduce a question, just something for me to meditate on be, and before I, you know, be mindful about. And I don't obsess about the answer. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And so an example could be who someone here is like in terms of learning is just like, getting curious about this, this skill uh, called sales or negotiation, right? Maybe uh, putting a thought like uh, you have a mentor of your mind is somebody that represents that skill uh, like really well, because then I'll find that I'll have like a, a dream about meeting that person, you know, and having a conversation. Now we're not even getting into like lucid dreaming and becoming aware of your dreams, and controlling your dreams. I'm just saying, as you would saying, oh, I have to wake, wake up at 4.45 tomorrow and you happen to do that, putting, introducing a question, 
and then just, you know, meditating on it for a few minutes. You can write it down, certainly, you know, because that makes it more taking invisible and making it invisible. And then going to that soft uh, dream state. And I find that if you remember your dreams, which is a whole different area, um, then a lot of that focus, it actually happens around that theme, you know, and then, and then when you are in your unconscious and you're in that dream state, you know, you don't have the limits and the constraints and you could go and explore and learn the experience and you come out with an insight the next day and uh, come out stronger. But the sleep and even just physiologically, we know how important, you know, that, that deep sleep and that REM sleep is for skill acquisition, uh, consolidating short to learn long-term memory and so on. Jim, you, you said something really powerful that I want to take you back to, and I'd like for you to elaborate or maybe share a story or an example, because I think it is so powerful and a lot of people don't understand how to do this. And that was shift the mindset of fear to opportunity. Can you, yeah. can you go a little deeper on that or maybe even share an example? So, cause it, you, you said it real, real quick and I, and I know how powerful it is. And I know that uh, it, most people don't understand how to exactly do that. Yeah. So it starts in, in the book, and I, and I want to definitely we need to go over like the three part framework for becoming limitless. In the book on mindset, I talk about these lies, and I and I say these seven lies to learning and human potential that are globally accepted, and nobody nobody really questions them. It's just like this is how things are. An example of that lie, for example, is that genius is born, right? Like if you believe that lie, and a lie for me stands for a limited idea entertained. Limited because I mean, you guys know everything. I alliterate and make everything acronyms so people can remember it. <laughs> hey, it works, <laughs> man. Those are called quickies. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You these quickisms and everything. But a lie is a limited idea entertained. It's just not, it's not true that you're stupid or it's not true that intelligence is fixed or it's not true that you use 10% of your brain. And then I show the research that says the op, you know, the, the truth. And then I help people to install a new belief because if you believe genius is born, then, then what are you going to do? If you're just yeah. financial geniuses, you're just born with it or you don't, or you don't have it, then you're just like screwed, right? Um, so I show people how it's actually the opposite, which is actually genius is built. And I give people examples of, of why that's the case. Going back in terms of fear, um, again, your brain as a hunter-gatherer is hardwired. Your amygdala is getting hijacked all the time about what's threatening you. And it has to. Otherwise, you wouldn't have, you people back then wouldn't have survived. The challenge is, is when there's no immediate threat and we're just obsessing about it. And here's the thing. What controls our focus are the questions that we ask. And I know there's a couple of our videos that we put out um, with our interview talking about dominant questions and Will Smith's dominant question and everything. I would focus, if you start asking and training yourself what could hurt me or what's threatening or how many people died today or, or how is this going then, then you're going to get, then your focus is going to be narrow on everything that's threatening and you're not going to be focusing on the opportunity. So how do you put shift your focus from what's fearful to possibility and opportunity? You shift your questions. Now it's not, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's that simple and it's that difficult at the same time because you're literally rewiring your brain and training your brain to, to have a new dominant question. And instead of like, oh my God, how, 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 how is this? And the spirals down, you know, all the things that's going wrong, you know, everything that's going wrong, your focus goes there and you create more of those behaviors that make that self-fulfilling. Now we know your, your thoughts are the language of your mind and your feelings are the language of your body. 
So you need to control your psychology and your physiology to be in that state because opportunity really luck, as people call it, is when opportunity and preparation meet. Now, you're not going to be prepared or even see that opportunity because of your newsfeed, going back to that algorithm, if you're just engaging with everything that's bad and dark, you got to start retraining your brain to see opportunity in times of crisis. And that's what leaders do, right? We know that 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 all the like the huge amount of disproportionate amount of millionaires were created during great depressions and everything else like that because they look for a straightforward opportunity and when they're looking at opportunity that also mitigates the fear of taking action and i i really do believe that if if failure is not an option then neither is success meaning that i think seth godin said that that you know that that failure is not the opposite of success failure is part of the success and but if you're just looking at what could go wrong or what you're risking, then you're never going to be able to make a change in this new environment. And I'm using this metaphor of cocooning, like we're going through this mass transformation, because again, we're alone with our thoughts, we're alone with our fears, we're alone with our doubts. And if we indulge in those things, then we're in fight or flight, we're not going to take action. How do you get out of it? You change your psychology or physiology. So make sure you have your you know, your soundtrack, you imagine people are like cheering for you in a big stadium, you have you play the music to whatever your, you know, your rocky music or whatever gets you pumped up because you, every life like learning is all state dependent as we've discussed and then control your psychology with the power of your questions and train yourself to say, you know, where's the gift in this? You know, where's the silver lining? So it puts you in a more, you know, state that you can, you can respond to as opposed to react to. And then where's the opportunity in this? You know, and then you can look at things through good analytical ability and see the trends of where's the future of work, where's the future of learning, where's the future of this, and you know things are moving in this direction. So you know, and then you could forecast like Gretzky, right? He's not he's not going to where the puck is; he's going to where the puck is going. Then you could forecast to where these trends are going, and then put your laser focus on where can I serve? You know, because the idea here is if you want to become my mindset has always been come if you want to become a millionaire then you have to be able to serve a million people you know and whether that's like correct like it's like exact one-to-one the idea here is like how can you add massive value to people who are struggling suffering what problem can i solve that's all an entrepreneur is is a professional problem solver right they're offering a creative solution um to something that keeps people up at night and you, you isolate saying, what are the conversations that are going? These are questions I would be asking to put our, our opportunity. What are the, what's keeping people up at night? You know, in my industry right now, you know, where does the opportunity lay? And it might, your, might, your mind might come up with like, I don't know. But then they're like, okay. And then I'll say, ask another guy. If I did know and I was looking at this, where is the possibility? Where is the opportunity? Where can I add value? Where are people struggling? You know, what are my, and do a SWOT analysis. You know, what, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are the opportunities here? What are the threats here? And then you seeing things through a new point of view and you're empowered by asking questions saying, what do I need to focus on right now that's going to give me the highest return? You know, what do I need to shift in my business, my time, my talent, my investments, my treasure to be able to, to mitigate, you know, the damage here and also take care of my bills right now and then, you know, build something also for the future. Now, I know it sounds like a stream of consciousness rant, but my main idea here is you're asking new questions so you can get new answers as opposed to asking questions that spiral you down into hopelessness, mm-hmm. saying, why is this happening right now? Why is this happening to me? Because none of that's going to serve anybody, those yeah. answers. Now, you, you mentioned focus a lot um, and how to focus on the right things. and But a lot of people are having trouble just focusing, period, right now. It's, it's, a, it's a 
life is distracting to begin with, but I think when we're stressed out, we're probably easier uh, to be distracted, probably because it, it maybe gives us a temporary sense of, uh, you know, we, we feel a little better while we're distracted in the, in, the, in the moment. Are there some real simple practices? I mean, you mentioned focus being a muscle that you can train. I know with exercise, you have to practice and exercise many times before you get good at it. How do you practice focus? Well, I, I know you. You had um, you and I had an individual on our show, um, our, our podcast, um, Don Depani. Right, right. And it's funny, you know, I know that because I, your background is so recognizable there, <laughs> um, and those clips and those those things that go viral. And I talk about him in my book a little bit on the chapter of focus. You know, I asked him why he moved here in New York City for the very reason you might hear sirens in the background because I also live here. I was like, of all the places you could live. It was like, you know, New York City, like anybody could be focused when they're living in like this rural community, mountaintop. But, you know, where's the most density of distractions and noise and mm -hmm. people and energies? And he was like New York City and he used that opportunity to practice his concentration. You know, and that's one of the reasons why simple practices like meditation work. Like I don't meditate to get into a Zen enlightened state. That's not my purpose for meditating. I do it because every single time my focus goes somewhere else, um, that's an opportunity for me to be in the mental gym, take a breath, bring it back to my breath or bring it back to my mantra or bring it back to my mindfulness in the present. And, um, and it builds my, my focus and concentration muscles. So that's something very simple to be able to do. Another way of building your focus is there's two ways, right? You first of all, stop building your distraction muscles because that that's a pro problematic in itself because that's if that's the strongest muscle that's where everything is always going to go right so we talk about don't touch your phone the first hour of the day and all the things that are distracting us mm -hmm. right um the other way of doing it is just so two ways stop building your distraction muscles because whatever you're constantly doing you're getting better at second way is to actually build your focus muscles now how do you build it you give yourself opportunities to be distracted and you still yet focus so when it really matters you could focus at will if you will the other thing you could do is just a simple practice of presence you know the reason why i i, I create these morning routines where i'm making my bed is i'm just using it as an opportunity first thing in the morning to focus for two minutes straight you know and mm -hmm. so i'm making it i'm making it immaculate because how you do anything is how you do everything the reason why I brush my teeth or I eat with the opposite hand in the morning is it forces, not only does it challenge a different part of my brain, because most people can't do it and think about other things because they, it's novel to them, it forces them to focus. So these are little things that you can build into your day, like eating with the opposite hand or brushing your teeth with the opposite hand that trains your focus, maybe even first thing in the morning because how you do anything is how you do everything so that that focus shows up when you need to read or the focus shows up when you need to be in a, a zoom meeting and pay attention to things interesting so i do believe it's a muscle and the way to do it you could do it in meditation or you can make your life a daily practice of meditation and bring that kung fu into you know working out into brushing your teeth and one of the ways you can get present that's really simple exercise to do is just Come up, you know, take a breath when you need to be able to focus <laughs> and then point out three things that you hear right now. You know, three things that you hear in the present. It could be like someone honking in, you know, in the background. It could be the air conditioner. It could be, you know, the, the some person sitting next to you. And then think about three things that you see. If you open your eyes, what are three things that you see right now? Mm. What are three things that you feel in your body? either internally or you feel like you know you see yourself sitting on this on this couch or you're something that's this external 
and then three things that you smell, three things that you might be tasting, and it brings your focus into the present. And that powerful presence tends to improve your focus and it tends to improve your comprehension, tends to improve your memory because you have that force multiplier focus coming first. Intra- I like that. That's uh, something very applicable. I, I find for myself, the uh, I, could, I could see how that could help, but I also find sometimes just recognizing that I'm distracted can be difficult. Like by the time, oh crap, I'm distracted right now. How long have I been distracted for? for you know, 15 minutes. Does that get easier the more you practice this? It's just, just like building your body. And you guys know the answer to this in the beginning when you're doing a new routine or a new exercise, it feels foreign, it feels novel. Um, and, but then as you get stronger, things can get easier. You know, you know, this whole thing, even when, it, when I talk about the lies that use 10% of your brain, because you see it on television shows or, or Netflix, but whatever, that we actually use 100% of our brain just because our brain's part of our body. And we use 100% of our body too. It's just that if somebody has to hike up a big hill, you know, or they're going through, they're, they, they, somebody who's physically fit, like you guys, you could do it without much effort or, or spending a lot of energy. And it could look like ease to somebody else who is not has that level of mental, physical fitness. You know, they're going to have to be able, they're still using 100% of their body, but they're not, they're not strong in those areas and they don't have the strategies and the conditioning. Same thing with mental fitness. We still use 100% of our brain, but some people, you know, when they're reading, they don't expend as much energy because they're just mentally mm. fit or when they're remembering names or anything else. Same thing with focus. And so the reason why I'm always wearing like a brain shirt or I'm always pointing to my brain is not only is it great branding, and I, I, I know that, and just what I build my whole brand on like $20 shirts and people point to <laughs> their head, but I do it because what you see, you take care of. So you guys can see your biceps, you can see your abs, you can see your hair. You, you, what you see, you take care of in general. People take care of their clothes, they take care of it, but they don't see their brain. So I put it on my shirts, I, I point to my brain because I'm just reminding people, hey, take care of this too. You know, this controls everything. And going back to self-awareness, you know, I agree that a big part of transformation is just self-awareness of our thoughts having awareness of our habits, having and just and not just the habits of your behavior, the methods, having, you know, uh, in terms of what triggers you in relationships or, you know, or self-awareness of your self-talk or self-awareness of your identity. Like if I was to say, I am, like what's the first words that come out of your, like in your mind when you say, I am this, awesome. right? But most people aren't conscious of those and you can't make a transformation. You can't change something unless you know where you currently stand. Right? It's just like your money. You can't manage something or your bit, your body. You can't manage something unless you can measure it. But most people aren't measuring like these, their, their thoughts. You know, they're taking an audit on like what they're saying to themselves or what they believe is possible. Mm, very good. Uh, are you familiar with the quote, uh, the man in the arena? Mm-hmm. That long one, right? And it talks about how the, it's not the critic that counts, right? It's the person in the yeah. arena, you know, doing all the work. And something that yeah. we that we dealt with as trainers a lot of times was, was people's own inner critics their own uh you know uh, negative thoughts about themselves i can see that probably being more common nowadays how do you fight that because oftentimes the, the most difficult you know obstacle to overcome is yourself it's that inner person saying you can't you're not good enough do you have any practices that can help with that okay so one practice is a practice in perspective like i do these thought experiments constantly and, and I really think that more people should schedule some white space in your life to be creative and to do not just input stuff, but actually create. And so like, you know, we've talked about note taking and note making, but a lot of people are always listening and I'm all for it. Like 
podcasts and videos and reading books, but also it's not just input, it's what you're outputting. Like you're taking what you already know and that wisdom and using your imagination because knowledge is, right, we know that imagination is more powerful than knowledge, that knowledge is what is, imagination is what could be. So taking time to be creative in that space. And I think when you're doing that creativity, you could do these thought experiments. And part of my thought experiments are like, Fast forwarding to the end of my life and, you know, especially with what's going on in the world, it makes you more cognizant of your mortality. You know what I mean? In terms of like when you sing, like how things are connected and, and how, you know, you don't take things for granted with every, you know, with, with challenges that people are going through. And one of the ways to get rid of the external critics um, tactically is to fast forward to the end of your life. And like when you're taking your final breaths in your life and you can, it's not a pleasant conversation. So it's a little bit, and you know, it's not like positive thinking, but imagine you know, like we're taking our final breaths. What's most important to us in that time? And it's not going to be, I promise you, it's not going to be the expectations of other people. You know, it's not going to be our own fears. What's going to have mattered in our life is how we lived, how we laughed, how we learned, how we loved in that moment. So I'm saying like, allow yourself to go through those thought experiments and feeling that and, and, and going to the end of our life. And saying like, you know, what, what do I want people to talk about, like, in my eulogy, you know, because like, who are the, what are they going to say about me? And I spent an inordinate amount of time at senior centers um, as, you know, I train at the Cleveland Clinic, the, the Center for Brain Health, working with people early stage dementia. And I do that because I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's and I do it also because I'm polishing up their memories but I'm also like learning a lot because there's so much wisdom there in other people's you know, lifetime of, of, of learning. And then I also hear a lot of regrets and that's, that comes out so often when people are just like at that stage and the regret everybody has in some form is that I lessened or I limited my life because of the expectations of somebody else. Mm. And I know it's, I know we know that, but to be able to feel that and we don't usually have like, for example, I wrote this book. I don't talk about this, but I got into an accident and, um, and I almost died. Right. And that puts things, that shifts things perspective wise. And I honestly asked myself, like, what am I leaving behind here? And one of the biggest regrets that I thought about me is is that I didn't write a book. You know, I'm fundamentally, I'm a reading teacher. And I was like, wow, you know, and then right away I signed that book deal and everything else like that, because I was just like, and that forced me into a new, in terms of a new, new path. You know, I waited three decades for it. I had this experience and I was like, oh man, like I, I, I regardless of what people think about it or, or say or critics or anything else, like I'm going to do this because I want to be able to pass this on to, you know, to, I want my grandchildren eventually to be able to read this book. And that purpose was so big for me. And so what I would say is the critic stuff, we know intellectually, but if you feel your life on other people's expectations, you're going to run out of gas. And that, that, that would be a horrible way to live. I would say that really sensitize yourself that we have one life here. We have like one life. Why aren't we running towards our dreams? Like we're on fire at this point, because everybody's always going to have an expectation of and that's what puts you in that box. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that, you know, if you could free yourself from the concerns of others, then you'll truly be liberated to be able to not dim your light because it's shining in somebody else's eyes. Like when I hear these stories at the senior centers, it's like, I didn't pursue this relationship because of what other people would think. Or I, I, I went into this career because it was, because my parents expected me to, you know, I went to this school because they, you know, whatever. And so that would be, um, 
the thing that I would learn the, the earliest. And the best time to do it is like early on, but the second best time is now. It's just less and less. Think about like for focusing on the things that really matter most. Jim, you you just uh, mentioned self-awareness. I just recently did an, an episode, a full episode on self-awareness. And I, I attribute uh, much of any success that I've had in my life to this. And mm. uh, one of the questions I got asked was, you know, what are some ways that I have developed self-awareness? Do you have some tips on how to develop self-awareness? So I think success comes in two areas. It's having the curiosity to know yourself, which is self-awareness. And then once you know who you are, the second part is after you have the curiosity to know yourself is have the courage to be yourself, which we're talking about. Like some people are self-aware of who they are, but they are not being themselves because of other people's expectations or opinions and what are people going to think and so on. And so I think those are the two keys. Going back to self-awareness, what for me helps me to be more self-aware is not only the meditation, the journaling, the talk therapy or, or, or whatever, you know, first of all, usually self-awareness for me is triggered by external stressors. You know, we know who we are. It, it's And you know how other people are based on when they're stressed. Like everybody can be positive and kind when everything's going good, right? But at a more core, when things are being difficult, more of that shows up, right? There's this idea that, uh, you know, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Orange juice. Why? Because that's what's on the inside. But it's usually the stressors that show you what's on the inside and what you've developed in terms of character and competence and consciousness. Um, so besides the, the obvious things like journaling and therapy and, you know, meditation that give you self-awareness, what I use is the limitless model because it's a set of distinctions to show you really who you are and how you're operating. And if I could just walk you through it right now, really quickly, Perfect. this is a three-part framework for doing the impossible. And that sounds pretty audacious. So I'll just break it down for people. Limitless, again, is this book was mostly a book of methodology on accelerated learning, speed reading, learning languages, changing your habits, all that stuff that we've talked about in a previous episode. I realized that 100% of people won't get the results because they're only focused on methods and a lot of people know how to work out. A lot of people know what they should be doing for their sleep, but they're not doing those things because common sense is not common practice. So where I want to build self-awareness around are the two areas that come before the methods. What keeps us from doing the methods? Because self-awareness is part of like, why am I procrastinating? You know, why don't I believe in myself, right? And so here are the three forces. I want everybody, let's make this interactive with us and everyone listening. You could keep it to yourself, but I want you to think about one area of your life where you feel limited, right? Where do you feel like you're in a box? Because limitless is not about being perfect. It's about progressing and advancing beyond what you believe is possible. So is it in a relationship? Is it in your career? Is it in your impact? Is it in your physical strength and vitality? Is it in your learning, your memory, your reading, your ability, your, 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 your identity about how smart you are? Where do you feel like you're in a box? Now, that box, as everyone's listening, I want you to think about a specific box where you're not getting traction, right? You're not making progress. And even if you're putting exerting effort, now, that box, by definition, is three-dimensional, right? Every box or cube is three-dimensional. And the three dimensions that keep you in that box are the three elements to the limitless model. And how I'm going to represent it for everybody is three simple circles that intersect. So I want you to imagine, or even better yet, if you could write it out on a notebook, draw three circles and they all intersect and they overlap. Kind of, it's a Venn diagram. For the people who are familiar with Venn diagrams, um, what it looks like is Mickey Mouse, two ears that mm -hmm. cross over, and then a face that intersects with all of those, right? So there's overlap between the three circles and then the middle point, they're all intersecting, all right? So three circles. 
Now, the last circle of three M's, obviously, um, the last M is methods, right? Now, the methods I teach in the book are the focus, speed reading, memory, critical thinking, studying, and so on. But you need to write limitless mindset and limitless. Uh, first, the first M is mindset, all right? So the first circle is your mindset. And so it's not abstract. Your mindset, as I'm defining it, is your set of assumptions and attitudes about something. It could be your attitudes and assumptions about the world. It could be your attitudes, assumptions about politics. It could be attitudes, assumptions about entrepreneurship or money. It could be attitudes, assumptions about what's going on right now with the, you know, with what's going on in the world. It could be your attitudes, assumptions about education, about attitudes, assumptions about learning. It could be attitudes, assumptions mostly about self-awareness yourself. So what would fall in that category? Here are three areas of self-awareness. What do you believe is possible? What do you believe you're capable of? What do you believe you deserve? All right. So somebody could believe that it's possible to remember 100 people's names because they've seen me you know, do that live in, in an audience, but they might not believe they're capable of it. Or people could believe that somebody could make a lot of money. They could believe they're, they're capable of it, but they might not believe they deserve it. Right. So they're still going to be stuck in that box, even if they had the best investing methods, the best memory methods or anything. They're still stuck in the box because the mindset doesn't allow them outside that box. The second M, right, the third M is methods. The first M is mindset. The second M that will keep you in that box if you don't unlimit yourself is your motivation. Motivation. Now, here's the thing. You could have a mindset that anything is possible, you're capable, you deserve it, and you could have the methods for building that body or the, the, the right methods for learning to read three times faster. But if you're, you have zero motivation, you're still stuck in that box. Mm-hmm. Now, most people, I was talking about lies, there are lies around mindset, and I talk about the seven lies that hold us back, and, I, and we disrupt them through a process of unlimiting. Like, unlimiting is what the book's all about. Unlimiting is a word I coined years ago, and it's the active removal of limits, as opposed to unlimited. You can say somebody is unlimited, but once you're unlimiting something, you're actively removing the limits. And where do you want to remove the limits? In your mindset, your motivation, and the methods. All right. And now when you unleash those, then you can become limitless. Let's go to the lies, limited ideas entertain around motivation. Right. You know, just like in mindset, intelligence is fixed, genius is born, you use 10% of your brain, all things that limit us, there are lies around motivation. And one of the things, honestly, is that you have to enjoy that thing because the evidence, now I'm talking to everyone who procrastinates, that that's what keeps them in the box. You know everything is possible, you don't even know what to do, but you're still talking in the box because you procrastinate. Right. You don't get the evidence that someone is motivated is not what you say, it's not what you feel. It's what you do. If you are consistently motivated, your kids aren't motivated unless you're consistently cleaning their room or they're consistently studying. You're not motivated if you're not working out consistently. It doesn't matter what you say or feel or anything, right? So let's say um, I, I have a friend who wakes up at 4.30 every morning. What do they do? They work out. And I was like, that's interesting. And I was doing the research for this book. I was like, you know, you're obviously very motivated. You never miss a day of working out at 4.30 in the morning. He's like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, okay. I was like, can I ask you a question? Do you enjoy waking up at 4.30 in the morning? He was like, no, I really, I really actually hate it. I'm not a morning person. I'm like, that's weird. Um, because then, then you must enjoy working out. That's why you wake up so early. He's like, no, that's actually hate working out more than I enjoy waking up early in the morning. And I'm like, okay. So then, then it's a lie that this person is very motivated. They've been doing that for most of their life. It's so motivation doesn't mean you enjoy the process. Now I would always choose 
going back to our own personal power to bring joy into a workout, to bring joy into studying, to bring joy into whatever I have to do consistently, because I'm, if I'm going to do it, I might as well enjoy it. But it's not a requirement. And then I, my mind went like this. Let's go back into my white space. I, I schedule time in the day just to be creative, to create. And I was like, okay, let's do this thought experiment. If we were going to build the ultimate motivated human being together, you know, what, what, what does it take? What are the elements for ultimate motivation? Where it's not just Bradley Cooper taking a pill and he surge in motivation, but 24 hours later, it's like a warm bath. It just cools down. You dive yourself up. And I was like, here's the formula for ultimate motivation. It is P times E times S3. P times E times S3. And I realized that, you know, the book is based on, you know, the latest neuroscience applied towards accelerated learning and cognitive performance, but it's also based on 28 years of working with everyone from children with learning challenges to seniors with dementia to athletes and actors and business owners and so on. And you see that genius leaves clues and that you need these three elements there. And if, if someone's not motivated, usually one of these three things are missing. So what's P? The P stands for purpose. Now, I don't mean your life purpose, although I do address it in the book. I mean a reason, right? A purpose means, if you look at the definition, it means a reason to do something, right? A reason behind something. And most people, they know cognitively, let's use the example of working out for this, for you know your listeners, or maybe it's reading 45 minutes a day. We talked about last time, you know, that if you want to read a book a week, the average person, you know, has to read about 45 minutes a day. You could triple your reading speed, it's 15 minutes a day. But reading, readers are readers, right? And so let's say it's reading or it's working out, something simple that we could all know it's good for your 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 thing. Remember, I did that Insta story, I showed you guys um, with Will Smith. I was like, what are the two things you do to, every day to perform at right. your best? Because like, I run, I read. You do something physical, you do something mental, you know, in terms of exercise. I'm like, that's cool. So running or reading, right? Or exercising and, and reading. But if you're not motivated to do it, you're not doing it consistently, even though you know it gives you big results. Like if you're reading every day, you learn new things. Somebody wrote a book that compressed decades into days and you save all this time, you can make more money and so on. Knowledge is the only power. It's profit. The faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. You have all these reasons intellectually, but if you don't feel those reasons, you're still not going to work out. You know what I mean? If you don't feel the benefit, because my friend who works out knows, feels viscerally in his body because of his life experience, like the rewards that come from staying fit right? And also the consequence of not doing that. Mm. Like I have, I have an acquaintance, not a friend, but acquaintance that wouldn't change his lifestyle for anything. You know, did all the bad, bad stuff, right? The, the smoking, the, you know, all this stuff, right? And everyone around him said, you know, hey, you should really do, you know, this, 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 and nothing, all the methods, right? And then one day he has a heart attack and almost dies and triple bypass surgery and everything, you cut him open 12 hours on the table, whatever. And still goes back to smoking, doing all the things he was doing. And then I see him on the uh, a couple years later, and he's like picture of health. I didn't even recognize, him, right? And he looked so much younger and everything. I was like, dude, like what 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 happened, man? I was like, you know, you didn't change. Like I changed my lifestyle. This is this. I was like, well, why? I mean, you didn't even do that after you had like a heart attack. He was like, one day I came home and my daughter was in hysterics. She was crying, 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 and we didn't know what was wrong with her. And then she was like. She, she had this dream that, that her that her dad wasn't going to be there to walk her down the aisle and you know, be with her grandkids, like all that stuff. And once he heard that, he found a purpose, you know, and it wasn't intellectual because he knew all the, everyone knows the reasons to do these things, but he felt it. So the P in, in motivation is purpose, that if you're not starting that business, then your fear is overriding your purpose in terms of benefits or everything else like that. So other people's expectations. So tap in your purpose. 
Now I go back to this thought experiment. We're building the ultimate motivated human being. I was like, okay, if someone just has purpose, will they always be motivated? Will they always consistently act? And I was like, no, they can, they be, they can be missing the E, P times E times S3. And the E stands for energy. Mm. So like, this is not usually talked about when we talk about the power of habits and routines and everything, but somebody could want to work out, but if they haven't slept, they, let's say they have a newborn, they haven't slept in three nights, they're not going to be very motivated to physically exercise, right? At a, let's make a simple example. Let's say somebody who needs to study their craft, learn a new subject for a new job or whatever, 45 minutes a day, but they, they ate a big crappy meal and they're in a food coma, they, you know, or they're around energy vampires or stealing their energy, you know, their batteries and everything else. They're not going to be very motivated to start the business or to read because their energy, you know, so that's why we talk about 10 keys for mental vitality to get rid of, you know, brain fatigue and everything. And then my mind was like, okay, somebody has purpose. They have limitless energy. Also, they feel the purpose. They, they have limitless energy. They slept really well and everything else that we teach in the book, will they always act and be motivated? I was like, no, one more thing is missing. S3, right? Three S's, small, simple steps, which we've talked about already, that a lot of people won't be motivated because that thing is just too big. It's too intimidating. They're not motivated because it's too abstract and a confused mind doesn't do anything. So again, it's not working out an hour a day for somebody that's too big for someone who's never worked out, getting on your running shoes, as we talked about, you know, maybe it's not reading, you know, it's like studying an hour a day. Maybe it's a simple, small, simple step, opening the book, reading one line flossing one tooth, right? Nobody's going to stop there. And if you, and the, again, the key to get your small, simple step, ask yourself a question. Questions are always the answer. What is the tiniest action that I could take to give me progress towards this goal where I can't fail? Because it requires so little energy, so little effort. Now here's the aha guys. These three circles, mindset, motivation, and methods. My, what I'm saying to everybody who's listening is that if you are in that box, those three forces are keeping you in that box and you have to narrow down and unlimit yourself in that area. Otherwise, if you don't have the mindset, you're stuck in that box. If you don't have the motivation, you're stuck in that box. Or if you're using old methods of starting a business or old methods of working out or old methods of nutrition or old methods of reading, you're still going to be stuck in that box, right? Now, here's the aha, where mindset crosses over with motivation. Right? I'm going to give you three I's to match the three M's. Where mindset crossover with motivation, you have inspiration. Now, there are mindset experts. There are mindset books, great book by Dr. Carol Dweck called Mindset. Right? Um, there are motivational speakers, motivational books, motivational you know, experts. Right? Where they cross over, over, you have inspiration. And you have inspirational, inspiring speakers, inspiring books, inspiring movies. Inspiring movie will change your mindset. You know, it'll give you some energy and motivation. Right? But it's lacking. People be inspired, but they're not including the methods. So they have inspiration, but they don't know what to do, right? Where mindset crosses over with methods, you believe everything is possible in your mind. You know what to do in your the methods in your mind. That's ideation. And it just stays an idea, incubating as an idea. You're ideating because you lack the motivation, still stuck in that box. And finally, where motivation crosses over with methods, motivation you have the purpose you have the energy you know what to do the methods the process for marketing for starting a business for being fit for reading faster whatever it is that's implementation implementation yet you could still be stuck in that box because you're only going to implement to the degree you believe is possible to believe what you believe you you are capable of what you believe you deserve the fourth i and this is the goal of the book is the middle where all three m's and all three i's intersect that sweet spot is the fourth i integration Integration, like like integer or integral, means you're whole, like a whole number, right? Integration is just who you are. 
And that's a limitless state. Now, this framework here is what I offer to people when they are stuck to take the judgment out of themselves and the self-critic and just say, hey, like, look at it through this lens. Am I not achieving or progressing in my finances, in my impact, in my energy level, my fitness, in my learning, my memory, because it's my mindset? I not believe it's possible, and I not believe that I'm capable of, and I not believe I deserve it. Because then, you, then you could address the bottleneck or the limitation. Or is it my motivation? Do I not, do I know the purpose, but I'm not feeling the purpose? Or do, am I lacking energy? You know, it's just like I'm around my family members that are just stealing my energy and my dreams, or am I just stressed and it's taking a lot of my energy? Or am I not taking, getting good REM and deep sleep? And then you get to address it there. Or am I not taking small, simple steps? Or am I, do, am I just have those in place, but I'm using really old methods, right? And so my method, and this applies for yourself and as an explanatory schema for your kids. Because if they're not achieving, do they not have the mindset or the belief? Do they not have a growth mindset? Do they have a fixed mindset? Or, or do they not have purpose to study the periodic table? Like they don't find relevancy to it. Or are they just really tired because they're playing video games or whatever, right? Are they not breaking down in small, simple steps to clean their room, putting one sock into the, the hamper or something like that, or making their bed in one small, simple step? Or I mean, are they using old methods for your team, for your kids? Or if you're going to role model somebody who's a genius, right? Then go through a financial genius, business genius, a learning genius, whatever. What is their mindset? What do they believe is possible? What, they believe is what are their small, simple steps? What is their purpose? What are they? And just creates a model, a framework that I really feel like this was, should have been required reading back in school because it, it just gives you a blueprint for how your mind works so you can work your mind. Excellent. Oof, that's a lot of great information, just like the last podcast. Can I give people a quick action? Absolutely. I challenge everyone. Well, first of all, the, the book is available at limitlessbook.com with all the bonuses that we give. We're giving 100% away of author proceeds to charity. And so know that nice. when you get an education and you help your brain, it's helping other brains through Alzheimer's research and education for kids. Um, so limitlessbook.com. And I would challenge everyone to take a screenshot of this episode like you did before and tag like everybody here and tag myself at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, post it. And the fastest way to become limitless, to be able to, to learn something is to teach it to somebody else. So share one new small, simple step or one idea or take a picture of your notes, post it on social media, tag us all so we see it. And I'll repost some of my favorites because I, like, I think we, we learn to earn, to return, to be able to give back. And I think when you sharing with your friends and your family and your followers, it'll help them also as well. Because as fear is contagious and you know, viruses are contagious, so is wisdom. You know, and so is kindness and be able to share that. And I'll actually repost some of my favorites and I'll actually gift a copy of the book to one random person just to, you know, for fun. And so I, I appreciate you guys. Um, it's so great to talk to you guys again. Awesome. Yeah. Great Congratulations idea. on on everything. I, I did your show quite a quite a while back. And I see you guys everywhere, and it's well well deserved. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we're having we're having a lot of fun, and I'm glad to see that you're healthy and safe, even though you're at the epicenter of this whole thing right now. And right. Hearing all those ambulances, I was like, man, what's going on over there? But well, my final words for everybody here is this: again, do not downgrade your dreams to meet this current situation. Upgrade your mindset, your motivation, your methods to be able to meet those dreams. And you know, Beautiful. be too optimistic to scare, to you know, be be too confident to doubt. And, uh, and let's just stick together on this. Thanks Beautiful, again. Jim. Right. Much appreciated. Good talking, brother. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. 
The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.